Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN. Welcome back into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. No Michael Lombardi today. He'll be back at the end of the week. In for him today, our guy JVT. I'm Stormy Bonantoni live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Still plenty to come over this second hour of the program. If you missed anything from hour one, make sure you head over to whatever your designated podcast platform is. That should be out within the hour. They do a really good job of posting stuff quickly here, which is awesome. But um, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe from that standpoint as well. We'll get into some NFL. We have some potential breakout star candidates in the NFL. Talk some divisions a little bit. In about 15 minutes or so, we'll have Lou Finicaro join the program. Talk UFC 290. It's International Fight Week, a great main and co-main event coming up this weekend. But we're going to start off, JVT, Talking a little NBA Summer League, mm. you had an article out a couple days ago on vsin.com breaking down just some analysis and betting tips for how to get into Summer League. The action in California and Utah already began earlier this week, but coming to Vegas starting tomorrow, I know you'll be out there with a live setup um, at the Thomas and Mac, and we'll get our first taste of the young French phenom Victor Wembenyama tomorrow. Yes, I can't wait. It's going to be a six o'clock tip, so... Straight from Sharp Money, going right to go down to Thomas it. and Mac. I'm going to be down there. Um, They're working you to the bone. Uh, eh, you know what? It's uh, when you love what you do, right? You never work. You're never working. Never working. No, um, but I am excited for the live setup down there. It, it you was going to go. You going to check it out? Uh, I not for tomorrow. Mm. Um, it's my bachelorette party this weekend, so I already have a lot of stuff married. going on next month. No, isn't that usually like the weekend before? That's what I thought, but you don't understand. Bachelor and bachelorette parties have taken on like. A world of their own here. Uh, I don't have enough friends to have. It's a like a weekend party. now. It's not just a day. I always thought it was a day. And then my fiance had his bachelor party legitimately a month ago because he had so many friends that were coming in from out of town that instead of them coming yeah. like back to back. Interesting. I always, I always thought it was like, yeah, the day but, before or something like that. Because isn't that well, the I, whole premise of the hangover? Yeah. And right? I think that probably steered people away from doing that. Anymore. Wow. So the hangover saved a lot of marriages. Then. <laughs> saved a lot of marriages, yeah. saved a lot of lives. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Summer League. So you're going to go? So not this weekend, but I am going to go to okay. games next All right, week. Cool. So I'll be out there pretty much. Actually, no, not pretty much. I'll be out there every day. I love the summer league. It's great. Like you said, 
Uh, first off, th- this is one of the things, the selfish part about it is you get to hobnob with like the NBA elite. You know, last year, Matt Humans and I, one of the best experiences, sitting by our set when we were done with the show, Joey Crawford, old NBA ref, sat there and talked to him for 20 minutes, talked to him about Angels baseball. How about that? <laughs> what a great conversation. Uh, but it's an, it's an awesome spot. But like you said, it is a betting event to a certain extent. As all 30 teams, you know, it used to not be all 30 uh, NBA teams. Now it has become like the NBA hub in the offseason. All 30 teams announced rosters. By the way, if you go up to, uh, not my thread, but uh, at me, JVT, up on Twitter, I did compile all of the NBA Summer League rosters. It's in a Google Doc pinned to the top, so you can go check, uh, check out all the NBA Summer League rosters. But it's bettable game to game. It's some places are offering in-game wagering on it, which is very interesting. And also, of course, you can bet futures because there's a champion that will be decided at the end of it. Four teams are the best records. There is a complicated tiebreaker system that is in the article if you want to go check it out, bevisoncom slash JVT, uh, that breaks that down. And the, the basic premise is this. I, I think there's like, it's not like a system, as some people say, Stormy. But as I wrote about in the article, there's like a couple of key things that I'm looking for in a summer league roster so you can at least have a team that might have some success. One of the first things, and I think it's at the top of the list, is a good second-year player, a guy that is coming into his second year that had a decent role in his first season as a player. And so I'll give you two examples from last season. Quentin Grimes had a solid rookie year, played almost about 50 games his rookie season, averaged about 17 minutes per game. Again, not a workload to sniff at. Then think about that. Then you go to the Summer League, where it's all a bunch of guys who are fringe roster guys, maybe not even going to make the league. Everything's slowing down for you. Quentin Grimes goes in, averages over 20 points, four assists per game on efficient shooting, leads the Knicks to the NBA champion, NBA uh, Summer League Championship game. He, they lost to the Portland Trailblazers, who had Trenton Watford, a guy who played nearly 50 games, 18 minutes a game, and then, of course, went out there and led his team to a Summer League Championship. So that's at the top. You want second-year guys. And I'll give you an example from last night. The Kings had Keegan Murray playing last night. Keegan Murray was just playing in a best-of-seven against the Golden State Warriors for the Sacramento Kings, right, just two months ago. And imagine that. And then now you're in, this, you're in the Sacramento Kings Summer League, and you're like, all right, I guess I'll close out a game in a fourth quarter with these guys. <laughs> and sure enough, he dropped 40, and the Kings went on to win that game. So that's like at the top of the list. When you're evaluating these rosters, you want good second-year guys that had really good workloads because the game's going to move a lot slower for them. The other is, of course, you want high-end rookie talent. You know, you want the guys who are going to be like top five picks, but also some depth to those. So I'll give you an example like the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets, of course, have their fourth overall selection, Amon Thompson. They also have their second first-round pick in Cam Whitmore. There's a good, decent rookie talent on there, as well as having their second-year guys, Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason. So that's a team that might check a lot of boxes for you. Those are kind of the parameters you're looking for. And the third one, you want college standout players. You want guys who are really good college basketball players, maybe a little bit older. Jaime Jaquez, for example, played pretty well for the Miami Heat. Marcus Sasser is going to play for the Detroit Pistons. Pistons, by the way, Jay Nivey, uh, Jalen Duran, all second-year guys. So there's a lot of these teams that are checking the boxes. But those, I think, if you're talking about just roster evaluation, those are the three things in that order. Second-year guys with good rookie workloads. Then you want good depth in terms of talent for rookies. And then you want some standout college guys that are making it on the fringe of that roster. Generally, those things come together to give you some good, successful summer league uh, teams. I know also you tweeted as far as some of the games and the way that they have gone earlier, there's been a significant trend to the over. Does that continue or with the market adjusting as significantly as it has that we see things start to even out? I I would think we're going to start to see this even out. So this has been pretty fascinating for those who haven't tracked it. So by the numbers that I had in terms of the closing numbers, the totals through the 10 games so far are a perfect 10 and 0 to the over through the summer league. And for those who don't know, summer league does have Salt Lake city and they also have the California classic. So those are the summer league games we're talking about. The first day of games on Monday, Stormy, the average total was 166.9. All those games went over. The second game, 
uh, the second day of action, the average total went from 166.9 to 176.9. All five of those games went over the total. Now, some of them just barely. Like, I think it was the Kings game that went over by a point, but all of them go over again. We have two games today. Totals, 184.5, 185. So, like, you're from day one. Right. We're talking about nearly a 20 point increase. So, 166.9 to 185 plus. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's so a little bit of an adjustment there, right? 20 points in just two days of action. And what I found looking through some of the numbers is remember, these are shorter games. We're not talking about the full 48 minutes, we're talking about shorter uh, quarters. Is that these teams, and this tends to happen at the end of regular season games. It's one of the worst things that will happen to you if you're betting an NBA regular season under, especially if it's a blowout. The scrubs will come in. And they got to play, right? Because, hey, we just barely get in. The pace just just takes off. Like, guys are sprinting up and down the court, and you're like, relax. Like, I got the under. And these guys are just doing everything as possible to maximize the possessions, get up and down the floor. And these games are also kind of sloppy. And sloppy tends to pick up pace. Some of these pace numbers, we're talking about some of these games with a pace rating of like a 110. That would equate to, over the course of a regular NBA game, 110 possessions. That's a really fast game. But because they're shorter, you're not really getting taxed as much. So you're having these quick paces play out. And I don't think that was accounted for by the market. So now we're up to like the 185, the mid 180s. I think we're going to start to see this kind of come back down to earth in terms of these games going over because there's been such an adjustment. So I'll be fascinated to see as we go from California and Salt Lake City to now Las Vegas, where all 30 teams are going to play, where you're going to get all these good rookies and everything, what the adjustments and what the differences are going to be with the totals. But so far, we have had 10 games in the summer league action and 10 have gone over the total, and there's been a 20-point adjustment on average. So is it worthwhile, in your opinion, to bet these games on a on a game-by-game basis, or do you prefer getting into the futures market following those guidelines that you said, picking out your one or two teams that you want to buy in on, your players maybe for summer league MVP? How do you approach it in general? Yeah, I, so I like to I, – I think I'll bet maybe five total actual games okay. in the summer league only because it's it takes on a preseason thing which is hey look is player x playing today can you get that information before the even before it comes out or when it comes out can you hop on your phone really quick and bet something before the number moves and that's i think the way to approach it because look these are guys who like we, you know the hornets for example the hornets actually have a pretty good roster they play two games in california they look like they just met 45 minutes before the game you know, like there's no continuity. They're not really practicing together. So while a team can have a lot of talent, there's also a lot of variance because you're not really used to playing mm-hmm. with one another. So it's I think it is somewhat foolhardy to go in, break down the rosters and go Lakers minus two and a half tonight. Like that's just a really difficult thing to do. And you also don't know. Remember, this is developmental. So you don't know if a Max Christie type who's playing for the Lakers you don't know if the, the thing is like, all right, in the second half, we're going to sit you. You're like, you don't need to play the fourth. We want to run through some certain plays with you, and that's about it, and then we'll get you out of here. Like, you don't know what the details of that plan are, and that could get you too. So I think if you're betting summer league games, you're betting it based on information. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for example, Oklahoma City plays today. Chet Holmgren played over 30 minutes yesterday. Is he playing again today? If he's not, well, then all of a sudden that number is going to swing if it's ruled that he's not going to be playing today. Those are the things I think you want to act on, not just firing away every single game. Well, that brings up another question in the odds to win NBA Summer League yep. MVP. Victor Wembanyama is a 9-1 to favorite. Um, I know we're going to see him in the debut tomorrow, but do you anticipate seeing him beyond that game? I'm willing to bet that's the only game he'll play. You know what I mean? So to your point, it's a really good point. Like you have all these, you have Holmgren up there. You know, that's one of the things. Remember, um, Paolo Bancaro last year played two games. I think he had like 40 points. 10 rebounds and 12 assists in two games. Shut them down. They were good. You know, like that, that's the kind of thing that you'll have that, that you'll see. And especially if you get a little bit of an injury scare. Mm-hmm. If there's just even not even a twisted ankle, if there's just like a little bit of like, you know what I mean? Anything. Nope, we're done. You're gonna get out of here. You are more valuable. So I would say with this, I don't know for summer league MVP, 
how deep you want to go, but you can go somewhat deep because guys like Wembanyama and others, I don't think they're going to have a massive workload. And the Spurs have already said in some reports that they're going to roll it out pretty slow here with Wembanyama, who, remember, did have a busy run at his old mm-hmm. team with the Metropolitan in the yeah. 92s, made it to their respective finals. Uh, expectations for Chet Holmgren this season? We didn't get to see him at all last year. I think he's going to be good. I, I think Holmgren's going to be awesome. He's he's really – those guys, by nature, are good defenders and rim protectors just because of their length. So he's going to fill out there. He's got a good offensive game as well. I, I think he's going to be fantastic. And I think you might see him get some run because he missed last year. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But I think Holmgren's going to be great. And remember, don't remember, or don't forget, <laughs> in contention for Rookie of the Year because he did not play last year. So yeah. when you're betting Rookie of the Year markets, he's up there. So Good stuff. Yeah, got injured in a pro-am before the season yes. started. Chet Holmgren, 11-1 to on the odds board for Summer League MVP. Coming up is International Fight Week, and we've got a big one with UFC 290 coming here to Vegas. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez coming up this weekend. Our resident UFC expert Lou Finicaro is going to join us coming up next. Give out his best bets on the card. You won't want to miss it. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com. Check out the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game. The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action but future events as well. Betting splits, another way VSIN's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Back here on the Lombardi line, it's International Fight Week, UFC 290, coming at you this weekend from T-Mobile Arena right here in Las Vegas. Every summer this week is a huge draw. Blockbuster lineups, usually some of the marquee moments of the year happening during this time of year. To help us discuss, we welcome in our UFC analyst, Lou Finicaro. Does great work with us here at VEASAN, as well as hosting the Bout Business podcast. Lou, thanks for joining us. Uh, expecting some fireworks this 4th of July week in the Octagon? 
Absolutely, Stormy. Thanks. I sure appreciate you and JVT having me on. This is a huge week. Uh, they're inducting uh, folks into the Hall of Fame, and there's festivities all week capped off by this great fight card. So, Lou, walk people through your process when it comes to, like, the overall uh, handicapping these fights, how much you value weigh-ins, and what you're looking for when it comes to finally getting those fighters on the scale, and how much it affects things, whether guys come in underweight, overweight, and what your process is with that. My process starts early in the week when I put each fighter together in from my database so that I can look at them comparatively, height, weight, reach, leg reach, et cetera, where, uh, how long they've been in that division, and then their age. From there, we go through the fighter interviews during the week. Of course, weigh-ins are the last bastion to see how the fighter looks, how his weight cut is. And the Bout Business podcast comes out usually right after the weigh-ins. Now, there are cases uh, in the week, and one will be today on this broadcast, where the line predicates me making a move, and the fight is such where I don't have questions with either fighter or athlete making weight, and so I'm not hesitant to pull the trigger in a situation like that. Well, which which one is it? I guess, which fight are you talking about that you feel comfortable with the number as it is right now and not taking that into an account? Into account? Yeah, I feel comfortable releasing it right now. In fact, this morning when I gave Mr. Ortega the line on the main event, Volkanovski, the champion, inside the distance. Now, at DraftKings, that reads via any KO submission or DQ. So you have to know where you're looking for that. But that that prop was plus 165, Volkanovski, this morning when Brian and I texted, and now it's plus 130. And I'm not willing to allow it to go any further down. I do like Volkanovski in this fight, and I do like the inside the distance in this situation. It's a great way to take a guy minus 275, uh, excuse me, minus 375, and turn him into a plus situation he's going to have to make an impressive performance however what are the fights uh, that are at the top of your list you haven't bet yet because you are waiting for those weigh-ins well that would be moreno and pantoja that is the co-main event flyweights i don't really expect issue there uh jonathan but you never know what happens during these weigh-ins and somebody that weighs in 10 minutes after the weigh-ins start then they get to go drink orange juice and eat bananas as opposed to somebody that waits an hour and 50 minutes into a two-hour weight cut can tell you something, how they look, if they're drawn. There's much to ascertain, uh, but it usually is a surprise as to which athlete slips up, doesn't make weight, or misses weight, and therefore uh, you got to kind of be willing to adapt. Let's take a look now at the co-main event flyweight champ Brandon Moreno minus 190 favorite versus top contender Alexandra Pantoja. Pandoja, while it's been a while, is actually 2-0 against Moreno. I saw once in the opening round of the flyweight tournament as contestants in the Ultimate Fighter and then again in 2018 UFC. Could he pull off an upset in this spot or, or is it still Moreno's to lose in your mind? Well, Pantoja won those first two fights. And uh, quite honestly, he he has a path to victory in this in this fight. I think, though, when you assess everything in those first two fights, Stormy Pantoja was a full, experienced, grown Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt at 27 years old. He's now 34 years old, and Moreno then 
22 years old and the last kid into the tough house. And then the second time they fought, still a skinny little guy with no confidence finding his way in the division. So each guy has changed a lot since then. But as it manifests itself into Saturday, Moreno's bigger, longer, faster, more athletic. And the youth, I think, is huge. The momentum he brings into the fight is huge. And I think to catch Marino minus 190 under under a minus 200 is very fair. I was looking right now. So uh, Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker, uh, Lou, I was looking at some of the odds moves for this. And in some spots, we saw this open at like minus $2 in favor of Turner. We're up to like minus 295. What would be the reason behind the line move there in your mind? Hooker has been known to get caught. And he is at the tail end of his career. He's long and lanky and usually has a size advantage, meaning length and height. In this one, he won't have length. He won't have height. He's fighting an ascending fighter in Jalen Turner, who was all set to fight a long striker in his last fight. Then at the last minute, they gave him a Polish buzzsaw named Gamrot, who's a top five competitor in lightweight, and he arguably won the fight. He lost the decision, but he arguably won the fight. On the bounce, Jalen Turner, I think, is too young, too fast, and just too long for Hooker. This fight is all about speed. And I think uh, if you're looking to bet this fight and try and get some form of a plus price, it's Turner inside the distance or by KO. Lou Finicaro, our UFC analyst here at VEASAN, host of the Bout Business podcast, joining us on the Lombardi line here on VEASAN. Obviously, the, the main event and the co-main are going to draw so many eyeballs, but that doesn't mean there's not opportunity in the prelims as well. Is there anything that stood out for, for you from that standpoint, Lou? Here's a retirement fight for Robbie Lawler, 41-year-old warrior that's been in more wars than uh, than the Roman Empire, for crying out loud. And he's almost as experienced and, and aged. That said, he's fighting a kid in Nico Price who's long, lanky, reckless, and tends to get touched. And I think if you're looking for a price, and I always am, this this card is challenging for dogs at this point in the week. But if I'm going to give one, I'm going to give Robbie Lawler on his go-away fight. This is his retirement. I'm going to look past the R word. He's 41. He's going to go out on his shield. I think we're going to get his best. And this fight, quite honestly, is lined to the under, two and a half under, minus 180. And so if they're looking for a finish, why can't Lawler finish Price? Price has been finished. I like Lawler here. Anything else on the card that you want to let everybody know about, whether it be value, something you're looking for or waiting for in terms of information? That's a good question. I think when you look at the Duplessis-Robert uh, Whitaker fight on the main card, uh, you're looking at a guy in Duplessis. I, again, I hate to be so chalky. He's in way over his head. And again, Whitaker via finish. I think you're going to see some chalk finish in the main events. I think you're going to see a lot of finishes, but I think it's going to be a lot of chalk. Lou, I just want to follow up on one thing you said earlier when we go back to that main event featherweight title bout with Volkanovski and Rodriguez. What gives you the level of confidence you do that Volkanovski can just continue to fight at the, this dominant level back in the 145-pound ranks? Well, that's a great question. And really, I think it's part of Volkanovski's shtick 
is his IQ and his focus. He is also a member of City Kickboxing, arguably the top renowned gym in the world right now. Everything's going right for the guy. He's motivated. He doesn't drink. He doesn't cuss. He's focused on being a fighter. And while Rodriguez is strong and live and, and Volkanovski is going to have to navigate the speed of Rodriguez, Rodriguez, after two rounds, will have had to navigate the strength and pressure of Volkanovski. And that's where the pipe is going to break. I think Volkanovski's pressure in the late rounds is simply going to be too much. And there's no end in sight for this guy. Let's not forget that when he was 21, he was playing rugby at 205. He just got off a fight with Islam Makachev at 155, where Makachev weighed 180 pounds for that fight. He's not worried about Yair Rodriguez's size, but he's surely worried about Yair Rodriguez's speed. Really, really great insight today, Lou. Appreciate you joining us. Have a great day. Thanks so much for having me. Lou Finicaro, follow him at Twitter, at GamLou. Um, again, his bet on that main event, Volkanovski, inside the distance at a plus money price, but it has come down a good bit from the plus 165 he got. Plus 130 says it's still a good bet there, bringing a minus 380 favorite down to a good plus money option. Now, from International Fight Week to the National Football League, we go coming up after a quick break here on the Lombardi line. Who are the 2023 versions of these stars from last season? We'll discuss that and more coming up. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get the daily email that recaps all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VEASAN experts leaderboard, view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $19 at vsin.com slash subscribe. A big thank you to our guy Lou Finicaro joining us, talking all things UFC 290. His picks are going to be there on the vsin.com slash picks page. He also has a full written article on vsin.com right now breaking down uh, the different perspectives and way that you can bet on the main card or the preliminary card. You want to check that out. Um, we're, I, we were talking in the commercial break about just how great some of the nicknames are in UFC, like mm. the last style bender Adesanya and zombie girl. If, if you had a UFC nickname, what would it be? No, I got nothing. Come on. You don't like, I tried to suggest the robed Von Tobes and he did not well, like it. Well, there's got to be something that ties into you, though. Well, you're, like, wearing your, you're wearing your coat and you were talking about how much you love wearing a sport coat every day well, here see, at that's the network. Mistake. So I was just kind of translating I know that John Glee's back there. This might be an admission. I don't know if I'll get in trouble. I don't really love wearing the coat. <laughs> it's not really part of my personality. So it would have to be part of like something like, you know, it's got to, it's got to invoke something about you. And you already have a nickname, JVT. Yeah. I guess to an extent. I guess you can call my me name like, sounds like a nickname, but yeah. it's just my name. You can so. call me the caffeinator. I'm addicted to caffeine. Ooh. I intake a lot. So how about that? Would you put it between? So Jonathan, the caffeinator Von Tobel, or would you do like? Generally, you do that in between. Or would you just call, be called the caffeinator? Like Madonna is just Madonna or Cher. When, when it's full name, you usually go in the middle, right? That's always where it goes. And then, or you just get to referred to as right. once you become big enough, Curious. the caffeinator. Good food for thought. If you have any 
Also UFC powerful calves. So MMA names for us, suggestions. I'm very intrigued. So please tweet at us at Beeson Live, at Storm Bonatoni, at me, JVT, or, you know, hop on threads since Thread. you're on there. Your Thread girl me. is not. I'm always late to the social media party, and I'm probably going to keep it that way. Let's turn our attention to the NFL. Um, ESPN has a listicle of sorts up right now that I kind of wanted to do a play with you on if we agree or disagree with some of the thoughts here, looking at 2023 versions of last year's mm. breakout stars. So do you think this player could be Trevor Lawrence, for example? Let's start there. So who's this year's Trevor Lawrence? Well, in the article, they say Kenny Pickett could have a breakout year, a former first-round pick, trying to take the step from year one to year two. Agree or disagree? I'll say I disagree. I just, I don't know how I feel about Kenny Pickett. Like when you look at some of the numbers for him as he progressed throughout his season, you know, they were getting better as it went along, right? You know, for example, to start at Indianapolis, he had an 86.3 grade uh, and against Baltimore. Again, these are PFF grades, 90.9, but it kind of just in today's national football league stormy kind of rubs me the wrong way. When you look at from week eight onward, only surpassing 200 yards twice in that span, there's not a lot of like dynamic play when it comes to watching Kenny Pickett. And so when you're asking like, can he be this year's Trevor Lawrence in that like Lawrence was great, led his team obviously to the postseason and a comeback victory there. I think that's something where I would somewhat pump the brakes on that. And overall, it's just the Steelers too. Like I get it. And it's funny because I agree with it to a certain extent. The thought with the Steelers is just like, dude, it's, it's Tomlin. Like he's going <laughs> to get something done. And I kind of agree with that just because we have a large sample size that says he's going to get it done. But I just look at some of those numbers from last year, and I'm just like, man. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that if you were looking at Trevor Lawrence's rookie season numbers too? Like, what is a touchdown-interception ratio? 12 touchdowns, 17 picks. Mm -hmm. Improved that in a big way. 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. The completion percentage up from 59.6% to 66.3. Nearly 500 more passing yards overall. And granted, yes, you have a coaching change and mm -hmm. a lot of dynamics different, whereas in Steelers country, it's more of the same, but... Um, you have to imagine that the relationship with he and George Pickens is going to pick up. And, like, I don't know. I could see it. I, I could see it, but my my rebuttal would be Trevor Lawrence was very much, very clearly, the better prospect as a quarterback, right? Generational like, oh, talent right. coming out versus. So you kind of expect that improvement to come along, and especially when you get an offensive-minded head coach coming in, like Doug Peterson, to come in and, and implement everything, and all of a sudden it starts to kind of click, and, and you see that not only the offensive scheme overall is better, but the guy we expected is all of a sudden showing up in the better offensive scheme. That would be my rebuttal, where with Kenny Pickett, the, like, look, even in the draft when he was selected where he was, there was some conversation of like, all right, like, I guess he, he's a first-round pick. He's a, yeah, fringe. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of where my hesitancy would be. I think those are all strong points, but I think using it as Trevor Lawrence comparison, Lawrence, as you mentioned, was what? The best prospect quarterback since Andrew Luck or whatever it was. That was not Kenny Pickett. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow, a few other first-round picks that made that year one to year two jump started making mm -hmm. a name for themselves. How about this one? Tony Pollard will be this year's Josh Jacobs. Jacobs had a lot of pressure um, last year, not getting the fifth-year option, trying to do whatever he could to earn the long-term contract, which still is an ongoing process there. But Pollard took a big step last year's first thousand yard season. Could he be the workhorse running back um, that this squad needs? Yeah. I mean, I think he can. And I think he adds a little bit more out of the backfield too, which gives him a little bit more of a threat in terms of just being an overall offensive threat. You know, with, with a guy like Josh Jacobs, when you looked at some of his numbers from last year, like he was averaging nearly three yards per attempt after contact. Like there was a lot of really, um, astounding numbers for Jacob's season. And remember, too, if you actually look at Jacob's season, 
there was like a glut of like five or six games where he was incredible. Yeah. And then you really saw the physicality kind of start to wear on him, and the numbers really dropped off in the last four or five games. I don't know if Pollard's Even with him dropping off, still led the league in rushing. Oh, yards, of course. So. I mean, but when yeah. you're over a five-game stretch, you're rushing for nearly, what, 800 yards or whatever it is, and then, of course, going on. But I think Pollard's in there, especially if the backfield is not going to be as crowded, right? I think anybody who watched last season, the Dallas Cowboys, we all knew he should be the guy. He should not be the between the 20. Well, no, it should be him getting the vast majority of this workload. So now that he's going to get that, that's probably going to help him out. It would help, probably help out Dak Prescott as well in terms of what he's going to be as a quarterback. So I would say, yeah, he's, I think, is certainly a very good candidate to do that. Any concern, and by the way, just from an odds perspective, 16 to 1, Tony Pollard is to have the most rushing yards in the NFL this season, 35 to 1, the offensive player of the year odds. But as far as um, the, the Cowboys' backfield goes right now, Yes, they move on from Zeke, but there's still potential for him to return. Kareem Hunt's another name that's been floated around as potentially joining that running back room. Would that hinder, you think, either one of those guys in him reaching a mark like that or not so much because he's still going to be the workhorse? Yeah, it could. I'd rather go like his season prop for rushing yards is 1,050. I'd rather go over that with a guy like Tony Pollard than as opposed to shooting for, you know, an offensive player of the year or leading the league in rushing because you're going to have that dynamic. You're going to have the fact that I think he's a little bit more versatile. So I don't know if he's going to be one of those, hey, let's line up power eye and let's hand it off, you know, 350 million times and, and run him in like a Derrick Henry type. I think there's more versatility to his game. Thus, I'd be more comfortable going like over 1050 and a half at even money as opposed to shooting for the stars with some of those with him. For this one, I feel like it's a no-brainer in agreement and could potentially be even better with the Atlanta Falcons. Bijan Robinson will be this year's Kenneth Walker III, a high draft pick who will become quickly instrumental to their team. If he's healthy, he's going to be that. So I think there. I think is it could he be him or could he be Najee Harris from his rookie year, where it's just or could like, he be Brees Hall from the first seven games of the season? Or that because I just think when you look at and I bring up Najee Harris because Harris was averaging like 1.8 yards per touch because they were just like. Dude, you don't have a quarterback that can throw. Let's just load the box up, and you're just going, and your offensive line is not going to be very good, and you're just going to have just body after body meeting you, you at the point of contact. You think? Well, because here's the thing. What, what about the Atlanta Falcons' passing game is going to allow other teams or force other teams to lighten up the way that they're going to defend? They're running. Attack. Well, I think that, well, yes, obviously the Falcons have invested in the run game. Like they know that they have to be more effective with Desmond Ritter as a passer. And I honestly, I thought that that was going to happen in the back half of last year when they made mm. the switch from Marcus Mariota and it didn't. So I think that just reinforces how much more important it is right. to make that a point of emphasis I mean, this year. I know I've got we, a... But we know he's a good passer. We saw it at Cincinnati. He can do it. I mean, he can do it at college. There's another question as to what he's going to be in the pros. And like, look, I know I've got to shed a couple of pounds, but like, does that mean I'm going to do it? Like, there's one thing in terms of needing to do it. There's another thing in terms of actually executing it. Now, I think the actual rebuttal would be their offensive line is actually really good. Their offensive line graded out really well in terms of run blocking. There, there's a lot of really good pieces along that offensive line for Atlanta. And thus, there's a scenario where the offensive line creates enough, much like it did last year. I mean, last year, the other rebuttal is their passing game wasn't really that good. And they still, at one point of the season, remember, were a top 10 offense in terms of DVOA and other metrics because how effective they were on the ground. Maybe that's it but I just didn't really like what I saw from Ritter. So if he doesn't take a step, and by the way, miss me with the Taylor Heineke stuff too, because Heineke was throwing interceptions like crazy. They were just getting dropped last year. I just don't really like overall what that's going to look like for Atlanta. And thus, like we could be a scenario where Robinson's really good, but it just doesn't get the return statistically because of the scenarios that are in front of him. Bijan Robinson, plus 275 favorite to win offensive rookie of the year this coming season. This one I didn't even bother teeing you up for. 
Justin Fields will be this year's Jalen Hurts. I feel like everybody no. and their mother is saying that that's the step that's going to happen. A dual threat quarterback looking to become more accurate in the pass game, taking that step from year two to year three. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Uh, my guy, Anthony Richardson's got a better shot of, I think, of doing Now that. that's just cruel. Played 13, really good team around. 13 games in college football. That's your Colts are showing. Your Colts eyes are showing. The Coltinator. Uh, yeah. Ooh, now we're talking. In full circle. We got to take a quick break here, wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line. Next, continue some of our NFL conversation. Don't go anywhere. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Stormy Tony and Jonathan Von Tobel with you in downtown Las Vegas live from Circa Resort and Casino. Continuing some NFL news and notes here to close out today's Thursday edition of the Lombardi line. Uh, Vikings running back Alexander Madison, is, he's ready to go. Says he's ready to seize his opportunity in the backfield for Minnesota. Um, quote, for me, it's a great opportunity to step into the role, the limelight in the position I've always dreamt of being in. Talked about following in Dalvin Cook's footsteps challenging each other side by side every day has made an impact on him and he is ready to seize the opportunity 
in front of him. How do you think that this Vikings, you know, run game is going to look with him leading the charge here? I still think it could be pretty effective. Like I, the thing that I guess would worry you is Madison in, of course, relief, because that's how it's been. At the beginning of his career was much more effective than he was over the last couple of seasons. You know, for a career, he's averaging 4.1 yards per attempt. However, a lot of that comes from the first two years, right? 4.6 and 4.5 his first two seasons in the NFL, well under four for each of the last two. So that kind of worries you. Is that a lack of run blocking? Is that a lack of production on his end? I think if you mix those numbers with some of these other grading systems like a PFF, he grades up pretty well as a rusher overall, Madison does. Uh, 84.2 rushing grade last season by Pro Football Focus standards. So with a large workload, with better run blocking and a good offensive scheme, I I think he can be effective. And we've talked about this a lot. You know, running backs, it's been a fascinating summer for running backs because of the situation with Josh Mm -hmm. Jacobs and Saquon Barkley uh, and Dalvin Cook and others. And you are really a lot of the times just at the mercy of the five guys in front of you. You know, we just talked about it with Najee Harris in his first season. And so if it's going to be at about average in terms of what he's getting in terms of run blocking, then I think he can be an effective back for a Minnesota team that is shifted a little bit more in terms of a little bit more of a dynamic passing attack. His rushing yards prop set at 900 and a half, even money to the over minus 120 under rushing touchdowns at seven and a half with him being the lead guy are those numbers you think that he can get ahead of? Yeah. I, I mean, I would think you should be able to rush up for over 900 yards. If you're going to be, and especially when you're talking about workload, right? If he, if he has the same workload on his shoulders that Dalvin cook did when he was the starting right. running back, then you would think that surpassing 900 yards is something that's attainable for him. If he's going to be healthy throughout the entire year, it's always the key caveat, but well, I mean, again, you know, tying it in our, our uh, commonality here, the Mount West, he, he's a good running back. You know, we saw him at Boise state. He was effective in his first two years. I think he's got the pedigree if he's going to be in a good system that maximizes the talents, which I think this is going to be it. The Vikings last year did win the NFC North. The Lions now sitting atop that mountain in the odds board. Very high expectations for them. The Lions are one of five teams that over the last half decade have not made the postseason. Those teams, Lions, last time they made it 2016. The New York Jets, 2010. Both of them, by the way, odds-on favorites to make the postseason this year. The Broncos last time was 2015 when they beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl. The Panthers, 2017, and the Falcons in 2017. If you had to pick just one of those five teams to make the playoffs this year. Are these five? Those five. I think the easy one's the Broncos, right? Because I, I, why do you look crazy? I'm not looking crazy. I'm just, I am slightly surprised just because that's the, it's a plus money number compared to two teams that have higher expectations. I mean, look, so... I'm, I think I'll say this. And I'm, what I'm if willing Russell Wilson doesn't get fixed? But what if he does? I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, sure. and I, I think one of the things that I just don't, I'm not really wrapping my head around, and I'm doing more research, I'm trying to understand, and I get it to a certain extent. The Lions offense was great last year. It was great. It was a very good offense. If you look at it by EPA standards in terms of overall per play, the Lions were a sixth best offense in the National Football League. However, they were also the third worst defense in the National Football League, and by quite a bit, like, I don't understand why we've at least power rated the Lions to this point. Could they be a playoff team? Yes. If you're going to have an offense that's going to be that effective, you are going to be dangerous. But what in the offseason happened that is going to make this team better defensively? And I don't even mean like better defensively by a little bit. Stormy, they've got to be a lot better defensively for me to sit there and go, minus 165? Yeah, they were over machine last year because every game had to be a shootout. Right. (laughs) That's that's the thing that I'm not really understanding here. Like to say they have a 62% chance to make the playoffs. I just, I can't wrap my head around it. You know, I've, I've talked about the Jets quite a bit. 
I think that division, including the Patriots, is going to be very hard. There's going to be a lot of noise in the AFC for these teams that are fighting for these wild card spots. I think you can take all of these teams, you know, from the Jets and all the way down to the Broncos, throw them in a hat and pull out three. And they're similarly rated teams that could all make the postseason. So why not look at a team like the Broncos, who, if you're talking about, you know, what could happen, well, what if one of the better head coaches we've seen, an offensive-minded head coaches we've seen, comes in and fixes a quarterback that in his prime was one of the better quarterbacks we saw in the National Football League with a defense that graded out to be one of the better ones last season. I think overall, again, we're talking about just making the playoffs, right? Not winning yeah. a division. I think that at that price, out of all of these, outside of the Panthers, that might be worth looking at. So that was going to be my follow-up because of the teams down here, I feel like that makes the most sense from a just to make the playoffs standpoint and the number at plus 190. Because if you're looking at the Falcons or the Panthers – you would imagine that that's more than likely to be a one big division and you're going to get significantly better odds on the Panthers plus 375 right. to win that division. Same thing with Atlanta. Meanwhile, the Broncos, I don't think that a lot of people would expect them to go ahead and win the AFC West in this spot. The, the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs have won the last seven straight and are on a path to do so again with that Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid combo. So a plus money number on a team that you think could get that wild card position in a very strong division, I think makes a, a ton of sense there. Um, I also saw you were looking very deep into Circus Sportsbook, a new, mm. a new market that they have up on Super Bowl exactas. And you have something that you like. So well, I'm very curious what it is. Well, it's just like, look, I, I know we have to be all like 512 you know, potential matchups. Right. And I know we have to all be like numbers, math. I need to be plus EV. Like sometimes it's fun to kind of look through these and see what you got. Um, and Mitch, Mitch Moss of all the money tweeted out this uh, yesterday or earlier today. I can't remember which one, um, you know, just tweeted out the, you know, quote tweeted it and said, Hey, yeah. um, pick your best long shot or most realistic long shot. So I was looking over it and I know you're a fan of one of these teams too. 110 to one on San Francisco beating the Miami dolphins in the super bowl. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's an improbable thing, right? San Francisco is one of the higher rated teams in the NFC. Uh, if you know, look, Shanahan makes whatever out of, you know, chicken salad out of whatever with his quarterbacks. Doesn't matter who plays. There's a certain floor that they're always going to reach. And that defense is going to be pretty good. And I don't think it's unrealistic that the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl, right? I don't think that's very unrealistic. If Tua is healthy and that offense is similar to the offense that took the field when he was playing at his best, that's an offense that can go toe-to-toe with anybody. A run through the AFC I don't think is improbable mm -hmm. for a team like Miami. And then all of a sudden you get there and you're like, all right, San Francisco will be favored in that matchup. Just assuming, boom, all right, all right, 110 to one. Again, just fun, but I think that's one that's kind of at least somewhat probable when you're talking about Super Bowl matchups as opposed to like I went down all the way down. I think, what was it, Arizona over L.A. or something? Or no, excuse me, uh, Arizona over oh, who's gosh. the worst team? What was the odds? Houston like, or something it, like that? I was going to say, yeah. would it be Texans? Yeah, something like that. Just ridiculous? Yeah. Mm, not I don't, mean, you're a 49ers fan. I don't that think one. that's unrealistic. No, I have, when I was looking at some of the exactas, I don't remember what the number is, but it's obviously going to be shorter. I had the Bengals beating the 49ers as my Super Bowl matchup. And I, I agree with you. I think that they have enough pieces on both sides of the ball that they should be able to find a way to get themselves to that position if they stay healthy. Yes. But that's always the big question, especially with Miami. And that's the one thing that I just can't get on board with, which is a, Big reason I would anticipate why those odds are as long as they are. The difficulty of the AFC mixed in with the health of Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah. So uh, I j I'm not a believer that he's going to get through the season and play a significant number of games. I just, it's really hard for me to see. Can I grab the steering wheel and like divert us for the last 60? Go. Um, this is why Twitter's great. Mile High David, uh, how about the microphone mauler or the hoops hammer for me? 
Ooh. Uh, Scott chimed in with Jonathan Von Trouble. I've gotten that. I actually got that in high school a bit. Um, really? Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Von Trouble. Von Trouble. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The Hoops Hammer. I think that's more Greg, though, right? The Hoops Hammer. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, Von Trouble is good. I mean, I've you know, all these sports bettors, they have those uh, sports betting names, you know, like the Greek and whatnot. Uh, I wanted to go with it. We've talked about this, right? Jonathan Vig Tobel. Jonathan Von Totals. That's always a good one. I like that. That's good. What, Jonathan Von Totals? Von Totals. That's ridiculous. That just sounds kind of adorable, to be honest <laughs> with you. No ridiculous. suggestions for me, guys? Come on. You're hard. It's hard to pick. It one. is. I'm disappointed. I've always wanted a nickname, but. How about the Bubbly Brawler? At least you didn't say broad. No. I thought that's where we were going with that. You know, I thought for the longest time that meant you had brown hair. I had no idea. Really? When I was young, yeah. Huh. Who knew? That's a wrap for us today on the Lombardi line. Ooh, a peace sign instead of the finger guns. He didn't want me to win my minus 120 bet on that one. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 